for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Last week was one heck of a great time with our live call-in show. So cool to have our listeners calling in with their questions. And this week, well, we may not be live, but we're still going to be answering listeners' questions. And let me tell you what. The questions today on scenarios and solo versus partner situations is. Well, let's just say pull that pick and shovel out, y'all, because we're going to be digging for gold on this one. So, my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by com, with your host, Gilbert Ornelas, and elk hunting coach, Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And as always, for those blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, the host of your show, and joining me tonight's crew, that's right, we've got the leader of the Venezuelan mafia in the house. That's Luis Gonzalez. we got the northern oh. don of the mafia, Manano Blackerone. He's a salver. The legend, R.C. Knox, from Cuesta, New Mexico in the house. And that's right, WWJGD and your elk hunting coaches, the ninja Leroy Chavez from Cimarron, New Mexico. All of them are in the house tonight. What's happening, guys? What's going on, Miguel? Ready to rock and roll. Ready to rock and roll. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, we had the first person this week asking for Elk Bros Mafia t-shirts, man. It's coming. It's coming, (laughs) fellas. It's coming, fellas. We're going to design it up. Y'all hold your horses. All I know is this, man. It's just going to be one shirt, and it's going to be like a small or something. So (laughs) We better build them triple X so they can fit over their big heads. (laughs) Oh, and speaking of legends... Legend now has his own website getting ready to happen at uh net, man. So wow. Check that out. It's awesome, dude. It's awesome. Joe did an awesome job. 
Yeah, we're it's still fantastic. We're, we're still hooking some stuff up, but man, I tell you, he's looking sweet <laughs> there, man. <laughs> awesome, RC. Legend Joe, is, uh, Joe, is there a link on our page to get to his page? Not yet, because we've been building <clears throat> until we know that all the inner workings are going. We're, we haven't popped that up yet. So gotcha. By the time people hear this, though, um, most likely Super we're, we're all set to go, man. So cool. Uh, and because we're actually going to be, it's going to be old news, but we're going to be at Western Hunt Fest. <clears throat> This weekend, me, um, RC and Chav are going to be there. We're, we're so looking forward to that. And That's if you haven't, awesome. uh, gotten involved with Western Hunt Fest, man, they, they have the pack out challenge. They have the calling competition, seminars, man. It's just a great time over there. An incredible 3D shoot too. So that's a good thing to go check out. Last time, y'all, we had our first ever live caller show. All right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. How did folks feel about it? Yeah. I mean, the feedback that I've gotten has been positive, Joe. Um, like I said, um, I felt like, you know, I wanted to answer everybody's question. That's kind of the thing that we want to get to so we can get to all these questions when they, when they call in. So y'all bear with us. Uh, we're working through a little system here how to do that and we can get, get a little faster at answering questions. But I think, you know, like we're doing tonight, we'll be a, a spinoff off of that, right? Well, all y'all look like deer in headlights, man. So it's kind of like <laughs> live caller show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about it, Luis? I liked it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah I mean, there was just a lot of us. Yeah, yeah there were. Yeah. yeah. Just a lot of us. <laughs> but uh but I like it. I mean I think I think it's cool because at the same time, I mean the the pros of having a lot of us is that a lot of you got a a lot of different levels of knowledge and experiences and speciality, you know, people specialize in different things and, you know, we could, yeah. we could yeah. kind of cover most of the questions. Um, the downside is just simply, you know, just kind of trying to decide who and when and how we're going to answer the question in an orderly manner. Right. But, yeah. uh, yeah. Well, in, in our cool. group, in such a grand fashion, we love to chase rabbits and stuff like that, and tell stories, so it can get to be long too. I mean, we want to try to right. Keep that's the that's the point. Hour half, two hours, right? I mean, it was amazing, but I think we we should uh, decrease a little bit the length of, of our answers because in yeah. order to cover more ground. Well, and it's my nature to run off on a story. And, you know, talk, fellas. I talk leg off a wooden Indian, you know. We said we all need to shorten the answer. Yeah. You didn't have to take it, you know, personally, <laughs> even though we all know it was you. Oh, no doubt. Hey, look, like I said, I talk, I talk uh, for everybody else, so for sure. But I love telling stories, and I think a lot of our listeners love our stories, too. But when we're doing something as influential as answering listeners' questions and stuff, I think that needs to be kind yeah. of the, the focus you know yeah. yeah yeah i i agree but i think you know it's just one of those deals we had multiple things going on we had people on the actual you yeah. know live that were texting and we had the people calling in and so we want to hear it from y'all man you guys that are listening to the show this is about you if you like yeah. the idea of the live call in let us hear something from you. and yo they can they can send a message through the uh to the uh youtube uh yeah they can text their questions that, that, in because we, people calling and calling they probably get discouraged you know if if we don't answer the phone so they can text and 
And there's also another option, Manano, so they can actually call the live number that we have because it goes live when we're on the show. When we're not on the show, they can call that number and leave questions or comments Mm -hmm. for us that we can actually answer on the show. Luis, do you know what that number is? 505-585-2573. That number is... 505-585-2573. Yeah. <laughs> three like number, not three like where you put a tree stand. Three. <laughs> yeah. So if, if people if people have those questions, they can go ahead and call ahead of time and get those, and we can actually hear those, put those in. We might even be able to play that, you know, um, their actual recorded question. So look, we have some kinks to work out. <laughs> we're hunters. We're not, you know, uh, a lot of this is new to us, and yeah. we're trying to get it. We're trying to make it happen. Trying to involve everybody. Um, and what I'm hoping is people, when you do that, you can even aim it at somebody. You can go, yeah. what I need to know from you, man. So I just oh. want to know that, no, I just want everybody to know that Eric Aragon did not pull one over on us. We knew. <laughs> yeah, we knew it was Eric. We knew yeah. that was the Gila Ridge runner calling in, giving uh, us all kind of grief. That, that was one of the best things of the night, man. Oh, no yeah. doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Can I get me some of them Duplanche leg warmers? <laughs> I love it. Oh, that was awesome. Um, the one thing that I did get from some people was they were like, man, I missed the live show. The live call in said, how do we know when you're going live? Okay, here you go, y'all. Number one. You can go to our website, join our elk camp, and when we put out our email or our blast letters, letting everybody know you'll get that information with the phone number, and you'll get it ahead of time. So just go to our website, scroll down the bottom, and say join our camp. Okay, click on that and go ahead and register for our emails. The other thing you can do is you can go to our Elk Bros YouTube channel, subscribe and turn on your notifications so that way when we do go live you get a notification that we are okay and last but not least follow us on instagram because we always put a post on instagram that we're going to be going live so that's the best way to find out sweet huge announcement one week y'all one week the hunt with the elk rose giveaway ends basically one <laughs> I put we there. Not one we. One we. One we. One One week from now. Y'all, midnight, a night. It's over, and we are going to be going live on May 10th. Mark your calendars. That's May 10th. It will be, gosh, if we get on, what do we do, 730 last time? So we'll be on 730 Mountain Time. That's 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern. That's going to be 6.30 on the Pacific. We're going live on our YouTube channel, and we will be giving away over $40,000 in prizes for those people entered. Coming up quick. It's coming up fast, man. And Don't you- be dawdling around. Y'all get your entries in. It's the best odds ever to draw a New Mexico tag for sure. And come hunt with the legend. The Mafia, Big O, and Big Joe. I mean, all of us are going to be in camp ready to rock and roll. Look, you've got 
the hunt, the elk hunt with us, you've got a $28,000 camper. But you can win a hog hunt with the boys in South Texas. We've got initial ascent packs. We've got calls from Wapiti River, from Slayer, from Carlton, from Elk Bros, uh, from Game Changer. We've got Bow Hitch. We've got Western Fly. We've got a ticket to... Um, elk shapes camp. You know, we have so many. Oh, we have a compound bow from hit or miss, man. That's going to be on there. I mean, we have, uh, we, we've got tickets to beast mode competition. We've got tickets to, uh, Western hunt fest there and all kinds of gear that's going to be on there, man, is just, oh, we hoot has camo on there. I just don't, you know, I, I'm trying to keep everybody in my head here. I'm sorry if I yeah. miss one of them, but y'all, you can go to our website. You can go to elkbros.com slash hunt 2023 and you will see all the packages on there. You'll see everything you need to be able to get into this giveaway. But listen, you have one week, one week to get in for this opportunity, man. And we are going to be revealing tonight how we're going to select those people because we're going to do a small giveaway tonight and you'll be able to see our selection process. Okay. Sweet. Why don't you take us on to the Elk Bros mailbox, bro? Banano, you want to lead us on here yes, to the sir. Elk Bros mailbox? Yeah. We got a question from Mr. Richard Williamson from Kentucky. What would be the easiest mouth to read alcohol for me to learn with I can use turkey cold pretty well, but I'm not crazy about reed calls in my mouth. So this is a great question for me. I, I think, I think, <laughs> I believe Joe assigned this question because I'm not a good caller. So in, in my, in my opinion, the easiest, uh, reed call I ever try ever, uh, before it is sugar. Go to lbros.com and buy one of those. It's, uh, it's pretty friendly as far as a low pitch or, or uh, cow calls will be a great, uh, an amazing way to go. And uh, if you like Hushimama, that would work <laughs> as well. <laughs> but he said what's but, the uh, yeah, he's asking specifically. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 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 But it calls, I would highly recommend it to, to, no, to I, go it, to the show. And, 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 and definitely not to completely away, uh, aside from being a sales pitch, honestly. Um I've, I tried a few different ones and, and there, there's different types. There's ones that come with the palette or the, the palette already kind of set up. And there's some that have that metal palette that you kind of have to adjust. Um, the palette I learned with that, with that white reed, uh, from, um, Primos, Primos. Primos that had that metal adjustable palette and, and, it's always hard to kind of get it adjusted just right. And, and it takes a while. So if you're learning, you really, it's hard to tell whether or not you're making the right sound or how to adjust it, whether you have to, you know, tighten it up or open it up. It just, it's, it's difficult. Plus the, the shape and the mouth, you know, you may have to cut it. So, um, then, but then when we were at camp, you brought, uh, not only the sugar for us to try them, but you, you brought the, um, grinder. Uh, the grinder. grinder and, and the grinder I felt was super easy to get the right sound, like almost 
two bugles after, right after two bugles. The first time you can kind of get a good cow call, but then you throw a couple bugles on it and it almost like it adjusts itself. And then you, I mean, it just, it just makes really good sounds. So uh, I felt, I, yeah. I felt the same with the sugar. It was yeah. So I think I th pretty quick. Yeah. I think, I think for, for starting out, those two are really good to kind of play with because those will give you kind of the sound that you need right off the bat. Um, and then you don't get frustrated and just trying to play it over and over and over while trying to adjust the read while you don't fully know how to use them. So, um, yeah, I, that, I'm, I'm with Manano on that. Like, and, yeah. and it's not a shameless plug. It's it's no, it's honest no. truth. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I I echo their sentiments for sure. Um, but also, I would like you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't put Mark Crofton and in, in Native by Crofton up there as well. His new call that's uh, the Rip It. Uh, is it one and a half, Joe? Rip It one and a half. Yeah, but his new his new lineup that he has. Um, where he's come out with these new frames and stuff, yeah. the Rip It series. It's a whole different series, and right. he's done some stuff with um, some latexes that yeah. are just fantastic and so easy to blow. And, and especially the smaller one that he's built, man, it's super easy. You pop that thing in, it fits really good. And I don't have a real big palette, so it fits really good. So what I would what I would tell Mister Williamson is. I'd get a few of them, you know, get a few native by crawl and get a couple of Wapiti River calls and see which one best fits you. And, uh, and then man, <clears throat> he makes an, native by crawl makes an, ex a, an external call that you can put in your mouth that's called the green weenie. Oh, buddy. I'm telling you that call has some wine to it like none other. Uh, and it, it sounds a lot like RC's hyper call that he uses quite a bit. And uh, it's fantastic when you get them in tight. And what I want to tell you too, Richard, is that, look, it, the easiest to do to learn with or anything is going to be a light latex. So anything with a single light latex, and you said you've already been talking with, uh, you've been using turkey reeds. Um, you might not like them because may, a turkey reed is generally a wide reed, Cut. a lot like what mm -hmm. ours is, right? So... Mm -hmm. You might want to try a medium frame, which we don't have. Um, Carlton Calls has a medium frame. Uh, you can get any of those single latex calls um, from uh, Rocky. You can get them from him. You can get them from Elk 101. You can get them from Phelps. You just want to go for the light single latex. You know, something mm -hmm. that's going to be a cow um, and small bull type call for you to use. And what I would tell you is when you're trying to get your first sound, you know, I would recommend going back to, we had a great podcast with, um, Travis. Yes. I think it was like 187 or 186. I think it was our third one of that one series that Travis just did an incredible job. We all talked about it, how to basically use the call. And I think that's yeah. something to do. But when these guys talk about the easy ones to do with, the grinder that we do, if you're willing just to just scream on it a little bit and not worry at first, just really just, you know, let that air pressure come on it, hit that, get those bugles going, and then do the opposite of it for the cow calls, they are very easy to, to use. We've 
gone to seminars and we've gone to um, shoots and we've taken little kids and people that have never called before. I got a buddy, Diego Otero, um, that he has his own uh, company. He's called Main Beam Addiction. Diego had never even called on a call. Um, got one of our diaphragms, put it in his little mouth, and by the end of the day, this guy was singing, man, on that. So for a first timer, so that's just something for you to think about. But my son had never blown a reed, Joe, and I give him a sugar. And I'm telling you, if I go in there and ask him to come in here and blow that call for you, you're going to be like, what? I mean, he literally has just been calling. Not that long. I mean, he he did it for about two weeks and sounded fantastic, right? Yeah, that sugar so. man is. And here's what I mean: it's a it's a very light latex. You can see it right here. It's it's yeah. really really light. Um, and this is made by Wapiti River. Now, one thing I like about this, and the reason it's easy to call with, are these notches because these yeah. notches let this mouth tape form fit to your mouth, so that you don't end up getting that big gag reflex like that. And you can actually go to Wapiti River Outdoors, and if you want an easy calling one, man, go to their Frolicker or anything like that yeah. that Travis has. Um, he has a ton of calls on his site. Whatever you order from Travis is going to be shipped out from us. We're trying to help out so we don't have all these great charges from Canada. But, you know, that that's an option right there. So I hope that helps you out, man. Chav, you're up next, brother. Yeah, this is a long one. It comes from British Columbia, and it's from Mikey Astremski. I probably butchered that. No, I, think um, good. No, I think you did good. And, yeah. and he says, I live and hunt in the Peace region of British Columbia, close to Travis's neck of the woods. It is mostly flat ground covered with thick aspen and, br- and spruce. Spotted stock is next to impossible because there are very few glassing locations that offer views. Because of the thick cover and little elevation differences, we usually must get quite close to bulls for them to respond. In early September over the past few years, I've been, I keep running into a scenario that I am having trouble solving. Usually just after first light, a bull or bulls will respond to a bugle or a cow call with just a small growl. There is no high pitch tone or bugle sound to this growl. The first time I heard it, the bull was within 75 yards, and I thought a grizzly was going to charge out of the bush. It sounded more like a bear than bull elk. Recently, I, I have had hunting partners hear this growl and say that there is no way that the growl was a bull elk. The bulls don't respond to any calls but will growl on their own occasionally. They don't come to my calls or move away either. I try every call call and bugling chuckling sequence I have in the book, but can't fire them up. This year, I had three bulls doing this at one time all around us. My hunting partners just over four kilometers away had bulls screaming bugles at them during the same morning. I found it strange that the bulls around us were so lazy, whereas the bulls near my partners were going crazy. I'm assuming it has something to do with a hot cow but wanted your input on the best sequence or strategy to get these bulls fired up or at least curious enough to move in. This similar thing has happened to me about a half dozen times in the past few years, and it is one of the last elk hunting scenarios that constantly has me stumped. Like yourselves, I never want to waste an opportunity on a bull that gives away his position. Yeah, it would have been a good time to have Travis with us, but uh, what's your take on that, guys? So – that that growl, yeah. This is early season. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I, I was gonna hear it all the time. 
Well, uh, well, I was going to say, though, <laughs> like I hadn't up until last year or the last season, I hadn't heard it as often as I did last year. Like it was almost like more common last year, more common last year than it had been on our previous years that I know of. Um, and, and I don't, it's kind of funny because sometimes like, like elk have a certain tick every year and every year is different. Yeah. 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 Some, it's a yeah, button, it, right? Every year is a yeah, different button. Hot right? button. Every year is a different button. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like, well, what's the thing this year? Like there was yeah. that one year yeah. where the lost cow call Ooh. was that button. Right. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. there was the year where, you know, and last year they were doing that growling and, and it was just like how to, you know, how to respond yeah. to that. And, and that's a great question because I didn't know how to respond to that. So, well, I was just wondering, are they growling because of the, the presence of bears? No. And in, in our case, were they growling because of the, you know, we were in, in an area where there was a lot of uh, human activity, not necessarily hunters, but just human activity. Yeah. So if, if that growl is basically a bull early season that yes. is telling another bull to stay away, he's being territorial. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's just like, Stay away. And then when you stay off making calls and do what he's telling you to do, you're doing exactly what he's telling you to do. So there's only two options, and he actually mentioned them here. He did. (laughs) He did. One thing is is you actually have to go in on that bull and get in his dish, man. Go in on him. you got to start raking. you got to do a little bit of that. Of that. Panting. Mm-hmm. You got to do a little gotta, bit of growling and panning yourself. Making you know? believe you got a hot cow in there with you. Now, so so Gilbert, that's number two. That's exactly right. 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 Because like right. the guy said, he said, my partner someplace else had bulls screaming, right? Because so, there had yeah. to have been a cow in estrus. That's well, right. that's your other option is to be able to like, like get in there parties. and yeah, you just start off in you know, do that display stuff, do something that shows that you got a cow or remember that time when all four of us got together and we put on a little, you know, party to make it sound like we had a hot cow. That's awesome. Something you can do is, you know, get with your partners, get a good setup and then start out light, escalate that up. Sound like multiple bulls, make it sound like there's a hot cow and get those bulls interested. Cow calls aren't going to do any good because, they're not interested at that time, man. It's Same. too early. Yep. If, if, it, if it was a little bit later, they wouldn't be growling at you, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. Because their testosterone levels getting up. At that point, they're just being territorial, and they're just telling you, stay away. And mm-hmm. if you just stay back there calling, you're doing exactly what he wants. What he wants. Mm-hmm. So you got to go up and get in his dish, man. And you yeah. don't have to give yourself away with a, a bugle, uh, a chuckle, anything mm-hmm. like that. Now... Sometimes, sometimes just a chuckle, just a light chuckle might work with some display and raking and rolling mm-hmm. some rocks and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I would absolutely, if that bull's telling me to stay away from him, I'm going to do just the opposite and I'm going to make him put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. So if it's that thick, I'm going to go in making noise going into him. I'm going to start raking in his area and I'm going to make some of those just little bit of threatening growls myself. And see if I can do that. I, Make sure your wind's good when you're rolling up in there. 
Yeah. Well, how do you, sure. well, how do you guys feel though about the fact that he's saying that he was questioning whether it was a grizzly or actually a bull? Because <laughs> the grizzly would have come found him. That grizzly's hunting. He's hunting everything, right? Started cow calling or anything like yeah. that. That that bear would have come. Would have come. It wouldn't have stayed in one place. Right. So yeah. you got a bull that's okay. up there. He's bedded and he's in his lair, and he's saying, "This mm-hmm. is mine right here." Mm-hmm. Okay. You could even. Yeah, that'd be. It'd be interesting to know, Joe, if he was in a bedding area or if he was on the edge of a. You know, big, big opening or something like that. But I, I think, as Travis said, it's pretty thick where they are up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would think if he's, you know, 75 yards and he can't see the bull, you know, if if I think he's 75 yards and I can't see him, well, I got to keep marching in there to him. And you might even bugle your way right to the middle of him, you know. And, uh, again, I think <clears throat> you got two options. Either if you don't do anything – he he ain't going to do anything because that's exactly what he wants he you to wants do. You stay, to do. Yeah. stay away, you know. Absolutely. With that growl, and I we've heard a bunch of them, man. I mean, Joe and I sometimes Joe doesn't hear them because they're just a little bit lighter uh, growl. But I'll hear him. I'll hear a bull go, mm-hmm. and that's it. And I'm like, man, I said that's that growler bull, you know. But he's he's just telling you to stay away. And like Joe said. One time, Joe and I and Chab found some, I don't know, it was like four bulls, and we started, you know, cow calling. Them bulls didn't pay no attention to us. Like, like they could care care less that we were cow calling and everything. So then we went straight into a scenario where there was a, a bull bugling, hot cows, cows, calves, I mean, the whole nine yards, and them bulls were like, oh, hey, man, there's a herd of, herd of elk up here. We're going to go check it out, right? <laughs> yeah. So the, those two scenarios, I think, are the best ones, like Joe said, for him. Either get in his kitchen and get right in there with him, displaying and letting him know you're coming or – Make so, like you got your own party going you on. Have, you have two options because if people would have listened to Travis that's hunted that, Travis knows these certain lairs where these bulls <clears throat> like to stay. That's kind of their place they want to stay. So one thing that you can do is just go up and get in there, move into it, and just give that little light chuckle that, hey, you're in his spot and see if he defends it. You know, if you then hear that growl and that bull's just staying in a place and he's telling you to stay away from him and and he doesn't move in on you, then you've got two options. And that option is is to make him be defensive or to make him think there is a hot cow in the area with other bulls and pull that interest, man. You know, get hit, get him to work up a little bit. But when you do that, you don't want to start cow calling and bugling at that bull. You're not trying to engage that bull. You're painting your own picture and you can't do it fast, man. You've got to work it up. You've got to start out yes. slow. You've got to have that. I hate to say it, but it's kind of like that foreplay that happens in there, man. Yeah, man, that romance. Stuff. Uh-huh. You got to yeah. work it up, and then you got to get that bull to start feeling it and start hearing right. it, and then gradually pull him into what you're doing, man. You know, yeah. have fun with it, like Travis says, man. We say that all the time, and you know, and be ready because he'll come in silent. Silent, he yes, sir. He won't say a word, but he'll just appear, man. Yep. So be ready. Better be ready. All right. Cool. 
Well, guys, you know what time it is. It's time for our Elk Bros shout-outs. Oh, if you're new to our oh, show, this is a shout-out to our followers and a few cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week, Joe. Yeah, first, we're going to reward some reviewers. Yay! <laughs> for those folks that leave us a review, listen, guys. When I say guys, guys and gals that leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or give us a comment on our YouTube channel, you have to include your name and where you are from to get on this list. We are then placing your names on our Elk Bros. This is new. The Elk Bros. Spin a winner wheel. <laughs> Spin a winner wheel. I like it. <laughs> uh, tonight we're going to spin... For a winner for both a Wapiti River and a signature Elk Bros diaphragm call. So here it is, y'all. Let me show you guys the Elk Bros spin a winner wheel. (laughs) (laughs) And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and enlarge this puppy. And we have, we got people, we got Chris McKelvey, we got Timothy Welch, Tom Roth, Albert Guy, Casey Gamble, Randy from Santa Fe, Derek Squires out of Mississippi, Bill Steiger, he's in Oregon, Jason Schultz, Keith Durr, John Waldron, John Child from Layton, Utah, Dan, Justin Gotham over in Maupin, Oregon, Rob Greer in Ontario, Kevin Kretzer in Scott, uh, Scott Schwab, Jackson Hole, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and enlarge this thing. And you guys can go on our YouTube channel if you want to see. The names are actually on the wheel. You're going to be able to see this happen. And here we go for the spin. This is for a Wapiti River and an Elk Bros diaphragm call. Going to be sent out to whoever this is. And it's spinning. And the Could winner it be is... Dan? Could it be Kevin? Timothy going by. Tom Ross. Could it be? Oh, sorry, Tom. Oh, did I call it? Oh, yes. Albert Pye out of Hiram, Georgia. <laughs> so cool. Mr. Guy. Sorry, Tom. Got a little quick on the, quick on the draw, brother. <laughs> draw there. <laughs> it looked like it was going to be Tom Ross. The, it just the, bearings, the bearings were just working really good, and he kept spinning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Albert Guy. Albert Guy. Congrats, Mr. Guy. Yep. Well, you've got some stuff coming your way, man. Yeah, let's get to the shout-outs. Luis, you want to This week's top listening city has a total land area of 25.9 square miles and is home to over 1,400 local, national, and international companies. It has the largest oil refinery in the Rocky Mountain region, but still offers its citizens 840 acres of parks and open space. This is Commerce City, Colorado. Mm. Commerce City. I would have thought that was in Texas the way that was going, man. Yeah. <laughs> For the Rocky Mountain. Oh, right. yeah. Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Luis, you did that so good, man. I'm not even going to have to speed you up this week. Hey. <laughs> I'm coming up in this world, man. <laughs> yeah, good luck with Monano. <laughs> oh, you got an easy one. There's no beach. It's going to be today. like... Uh, today we're hey. gonna talk about. We, we got to give Cover City, Colorado, the eel. Go, Cabez. Okay, uh, this city is the largest northernmost metropolis in North America. 
It is the ultimate gateway to Canada's wild, adventurous, boreal landscapes. The city is located on the North Saskatchewan River and is one of Canada's fastest-growing cities. And this is in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Edmonton, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. That's yeah. where uh, Travis was just there. Was it a week or two weeks ago? Well, yeah. by the time this comes out, it'll probably be three weeks or so. Is that where he had his show? Yeah. Yeah, he was up there for a show, man, at Edmonton and uh, did a seminar up there. So, so Wapiti River's already been there. Uh, I'm really close to this city, Joe, right now. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Super close. Yeah. Called the Balloon capital of Texas. What what was that word, bro? Balloon. It's okay. Balloon. 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 Called the Balloon capital of Texas and Uh headquarters to the Frito Lays. This city was named after the Spanish name for flat. It hosts a popular hot air balloon festival in September. In 2023, this city was ranked the third seat, best city in America to raise a family. It's not all that Plano, Texas. Plano, Plano. Texas. So, and in Spanish, and in Spanish is pronounced Plano. Plano. <laughs> Plano, yeah. Plano I can't tell you how many flat. softball games I've played in Plano right there. Right. I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Prosper. I'm yeah, just probably more. 20 minutes away, 25 minutes away. Yeah. And I tell you what, man, I did that, that hot air balloon stuff. I, I'm not a fan, dude. I don't think I'll ever want to get on one of those things, man. Yeah. I saw, I saw on the internet the other day, one that got burned oh, on the, yeah. uh, like on the, yeah, yeah on the pyramids of, in Mexico, man, the thing got burned and the you know, people die. I mean, they had, they kind of <laughs> fell from the top. It was yeah, like, it was horrible. Worst nice, man, yeah, nightmare, so man. I was, it was really, Ugly, bro. I will never get on a hot air balloon, dude. Luis, dude, man, I don't know. Have you have you ever seen some of these airplane crashes and stuff? But you still get on an airplane, dude. I mean, there is at least some sense of control with the airplanes. With the balloon, all you have is like a little lever. Oh yeah, you go up and down and whatever the wind takes. What kind, of, like, what kind no, of control man. do you have in the, <laughs> in well, the you airplane? Got all the control in the world you, you, you till have you get another to the crash. When like, things start to go bad, that's right. All Oh, right. Oh, yeah. oh no, no man. control in the world till you get to the scene of the crash. And no, you don't have any kind of stop. control. Let me tell you what, a hot air balloon <laughs> flight is one of the most beautiful things and you don't even know you're moving. I'm out. Good for you. I'm out, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joe can keep it. Yeah. 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 Awesome, man. And getting a hot air balloon. I don't like jumping it. out of no perfectly good plane now. Mm. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's silent. It's quiet. I wouldn't even get on a hot air balloon with a parachute. <laughs> no, now, I might do that. I might do yeah. that, but I don't know how to operate one. So when I come out, I'm. Well, it's got to be a big old parachute. For it you. would have to be a big. Yeah. <laughs> Omar the, the, the hot air balloon. Yeah. Omar the tent maker. I have to make that daggum t- that daggum parachute for me. Bro. What's um, that? The mafia t-shirts is going to have a hot air balloon on the back. In vintage, in, with with better jumping and a big X on it. Yeah, yeah. Big X. right. And underneath it, we're going to have big baby on it. Big baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. We we definitely right, gonna so. have some sort of a. Beto's face is there. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> the landing site. You know that, Beto. I do, for sure. Right. Fellas, this next city is named after the Tatskani 
Native American tribe that once inhabited the area. The Clatskani River runs through the middle of town and empties into the Columbia River four miles away. At an elevation of 105 feet, it has a warmer summer Mediterranean climate. The town is known as an arts community in Clatskani, Oregon. Wow, man. Very cool. Clatskani. Very cool. Is that where my Navy going? There, there, all I know is there was a lot of Scanies going on there. Yeah, lots yeah. of Connies. <laughs> lots of Connies. Clatskani, Clatskani. Y'all yeah. tried, y'all tried to jack me yeah, up, Johnny. Yeah, he did. He did. And, and probably saying it totally wrong. So we need yeah. you guys to correct us and send it in, man. Yeah, yeah. but I, I faded it like a, a good steward, man. Like you I did good. You did good. good. Yeah. Especially that well, they first say, take it scanning. till you make it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So let's rock and roll. Time for people to actually learn something tonight, man. Absolutely. <laughs> main content. The main topic for the show actually came from an incredible set of questions from one of our listeners. Um, it was Don out of Seattle, Washington. Most of these questions came from Don, but since we came on tonight and we had some of those, I even added a couple to round out the conversation. So last week we started with the first question he had, and that was on how do you decide between moving and calling or setting up and doing a scenario. So if you want to learn about that, listen to uh, the last podcast that we had. Um, for this week, we have a whole set of questions, and we're all going to kind of go through these and hit you and see what we have here, man. So who wants to be up first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. And, and, and <clears throat> I mean, obviously, if you do have to do scenario, mm-hmm. that's the biggest question. Which scenario would you do? You know, which one would you do first? What kind of scenario would you decide to do if you need to do a scenario? And there's so many ifs to that question, so many variables, though. I need, yeah, I need the backstory. You know, what are we looking at? You know, to, so to, it, why it, would I need to do a scenario if I don't have anything playing? All right. So let's, let's, let's talk about this because really it has a lot to do with what mode the animals are in, right? Exactly. With what mode the elk are in at the time, which can also deal with is it, is it pre rut? Is mm-hmm. it rut transition? Is it nope. rut or if it's post rut, right? So, but I'll tell you this, man, um, understand, and I hope people understand there's a difference between scenarios and just calling. Like, for example, when I'm cast calling, I'm, I'm always a lover before a fighter. So I'm generally doing cow calls all the time. But if you're talking pre-rut, them cow calls don't do you a whole lot of good, but that doesn't mean you can't use them because really... Like Luis, I want you to remember, we hit the bulls really, really early. Um, I think it was 2020, right? Uh, might have been 2019. You had gone out because you had already killed, and you went out to do some separate from the group, and you came across about six bulls. What kind of noises were they making, bro? It, it was like mews. Exactly. And growls, mews. It was mews, right? And they were sparring. And wasn't it light muse? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they were like, yeah, yeah. And they were sparring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the point I want to make with that is early season, just because you're using muse doesn't mean that they're necessarily cow muse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a lot of times, like if you think about early season, think about the time that you and Tucker were with me walking through, we're moving along through a transition area. And what I mean by transition is we were going directly across areas where I figured they could have been down lower in the feed, moving up higher to the bed. And we're going through the middle part of it. Remember? Right. Okay. Yes. And we're in thick, thick oak brush. And that's one thing about that uh, earlier question that we heard um, when we were talking. Uh, what was his name on that earlier question that we had there? That would have been, oh, Mike. Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah. The that's areas that he was talking about were that thick cover. That's like my favorite cover. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because now you can move through and all I'm doing is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that. And people can go, well, that's cow calling. What good is that? No, not always, man. It can be a bull mewing. Mew, yeah. yeah. Early season. Early, Early season. season. It, it, happened, Early. it happened to us last season, right, Luis? Yeah. The, the very first day. Yes. The yeah. bull cow call. It, it, actually, yeah. it wasn't mew. But he, yeah. he mewed. Oh, bull I, mew. I call it a bow call. Bow call, yeah. Bow call. <laughs> like so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bull But, then, but then after Luis... Um, Bugle, he responds with a bugle. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because it's bulls interested in bulls in that early season. So when you're yeah. talking about doing a scenario during that early season there, you're wanting to do something that's going to attract bulls. So during that time, it's display type stuff. <laughs> so what type of things are displaying? Raking is one of the best things. Add a mew to it. because, Or you can even get... Actual pieces of antler and do some rattling, man. Mm -hmm. So I want to do a scenario where I've got two, maybe three young bulls together that Mm -hmm. are displaying, maybe sparring, sparring, doing a couple of mews like that. Mm -hmm. That's the type of scenario I want to do. That's what I'm going to select because that's the time of year and that's how they're feeling. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. 
Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Right. Now, if I give a cow call out and I get a bull that comes back to me with a uh, with a type of advertising bugle or comes back with a location bugle or a bugle that says, here I am, now that's a little bit different. Sure. You know? First of all, I'm engaged with that bull, right? So if I'm engaged with that bull, I don't necessarily need to do a scenario. I might be able to call that bull in. If that mm-hmm. bull stays put up there and only gave me that one talk, now I can do a scenario. And if mm-hmm. he responded to a cow... Maybe I can do a type of introduce, just work that cow a little bit, just do like a little bit of a cow party that we do, right? Yeah. Okay. We could do that. Just sound like a group of cows and see if he's going to come into that. We've done that Mm -hmm. before, right? Oh, yeah. So think of some of the scenarios that we've done, guys. Oh, man. And when and why we did them. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of them are that early season stuff where, you know, we're just casting calls out and letting them marinate. The big thing, man, is it's crucial that you take your time, especially early season. You know, throwing them out there and then raking, uh, the panting, glunking, all of those things. Anytime you hear a bull glunking, he's got a hot cow around him, right? So. Those are the types of things that you want to do for displaying, raking a tree, doing some panting, some soft muse, you know, uh, things like that to get other bulls in, think that there's another bull there, right? Especially if it's, yeah, or other cows. And I mean, you can, you can have herd talk going on the whole time where you introduce a few cows, a calf, you know, or the one that really worked for us. A few years back, and it worked for me this past year, was the lost cow call. Now, and, now, when you're doing that, though, bro, are you doing a scenario or are you directly engaging a bull? No, I was just doing a scenario. Okay. Even or in, and once I got eyes on the bull, then I used the lost cow call if he hangs up or anything like that. And I, another thing that really worked well last year was a real soft chuckle, right? Especially when we got eyes on the bull, actually turned that bull around from leaving and brought him right back, right? So they once they feel like they're missing out on another bull being there or some other cows. They're gonna, they're gonna try. Elk are curious, man. They're curious animals. They want to be in, in the party, and uh, especially those younger bulls, man. Uh, I think you know your bigger herd bulls and everything. They're probably a little bit less likely to be persuaded, unless they're with a bunch of other bulls, right? right. But um, I think those younger bulls are right for the picking early on. But how do you decide on what scenario to do? is you got to think about what's going on, what those elk are wanting at that time. So if it is pre-rut, it's bulls being involved involved with bulls. If it is yeah. rut transition, or what I mean by rut transition, that's when now those younger bulls are seeking out the cows. They're starting to herd them up. The older bulls are going out into the wings, letting those younger bulls do that. So since that is happening, think about that, man. Now you can actually do things to bring in some of those bulls. Now you can use things like um, a situation where you've got maybe a uh, a love-strated bull or you've got a 
um, situation, type of breeding sequence, or you can do a cow mm-hmm. party just to pull some of those bulls in. Then as you get <clears> to <throat> the rut, now you got bulls that are now cowed up with a whole bunch of satellites. So now you got to think about, okay, am I trying to pull in the satellites or am I trying to get to the herd bull? Herd bull. I'm trying to get to the satellites. Well, I'd better sound like something that's going to pull them to me, which is going to be basically cows that are going to be offered but you got to be something different than what's out there you got to be a hot one which means yeah. now you got to introduce uh, a a cow that's hot that's yeah. in estrus and the way you know that is by other bulls that are now singing right around that cow so you mm-hmm. can do a little bit what we call a rut fest for something yeah. like that to make it sound like there's a whole bunch of uh, cows with some bulls there that maybe that guy could come and pull one off or if i'm trying to get that herd bull Man, I don't know that I can pull him unless I get in amongst them yeah. or I try to pull the cows. And if in I'm going to pull the cows, cows to me, now i got to sound like a scenario of a bigger herd bull. bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? It's coming yeah. in, you know. Uh, I think one of my favorite scenarios is the slow play deal that, you know, Paul Medell and them talk about, especially when you got a bull that's talking to you and he's kind of hung up, you know. Uh, I think that's the coolest thing, and we've done it several times, Joe, where they kind of hang up, and heck, we've even given up on them a couple times, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here they come, because we we were mimicking that slow play scenario. Yeah, we, right? we were doing that scenario before we ever knew it had a name, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, but and what would you call what would you call a slow play? How would you define that? So basically all a slow play is, man, is where you're – it's like we mentioned before. You're starting with some cows and you're introducing a bull and you're trying to then go into like a breeding sequence. Yeah. Whereas if you had uh, a bull that was a little bit more escalated, you might just speed that breeding sequence up a little bit sure. and then challenge that bull once that bull starts escalating. So the slow play, the whole idea of what Paul says as a slow play is to – Get that bull to get worked up because right. he's not there yet. He might right. be interested, yeah. but he's not worked up yet. So you and you're not talking idea, to him. Yeah, is yeah. to bring him in, right? Yep. And the way you're going to bring another bull into you is by doing breeding sounds. That's how you're yeah. going to do it. You're targeting mm-hmm. a bull, right? You're making that – you're becoming a bull that has a hot cow, and you're not talking to the other bull. But as soon as that bull gets worked up and starts talking, you still don't talk to him. And once he comes in there and he'll give you that last, you know, that last big, short, like roundup type bugle that, you know, he's cutting you off and here he comes. Then you can, you know, you're going to kill him anyway. He's coming, right? Uh, and I've seen Joe do that several times, but we didn't call it that because that's not what we called it. I mean, the, the bull that he called in from, freaking three quarters of a mile away that's exactly what that was and then that bull was incensed he couldn't he could not help but try to find that cow that was hot and the other bulls that were up there with him you know so he he finally had enough of it and he had to he had to cover a lot of ground he even went and got in a wallow and then come out of that wallow crossed the barrier up the side of a mountain okay i'm serious bull walked up the side of a mountain to get to us that's how well that scenario works. And see, what we mm-hmm. did, though, with that was we mixed a couple of scenarios. We kind of did yeah. a bull 
a, basically a herd bull with a hot cow making those sounds, mm-hmm. making making him sound love straighted like he's following a cow in heat. Mm-hmm. And then we start to move that away from actually away from the target bull and then come yeah. back with the scenario I call a cow pickle. Right. Right. So what that does is, is basically since that bull is sounding off down there, it's a cow, uh, you know, given that lost cow, like, hey, here I am given that lost cow going towards that bull now so that it becomes lower hanging fruit. So you can actually blend scenarios because it's dynamic according to what's happening there. Right. Yeah. Joe, quick question with regards to scenarios, though, you know, you mentioned the difference between scenarios and 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 casting, right? Um, I you know, for what I have learned around you guys, I don't normally like the the way I look at actually doing a scenario is there's there's two opportunities in which where I would do a scenario. One would be where walking around, we're casting, we get a response, and then based on that response, then we do a scenario to, you know, potentially seal the deal. We get as close as possible, do we do a scenario to potentially seal the deal? That's one. Two is we're casting and nothing nothing's happening. We're not listening to anything. And then, you know, it's been a while and we decide to just kind of look for a place with good wind. And then we decide to say, okay, well, here goes nothing. Let's sit down. Let's do scenario. Let's, let's really get loud. Let's escalate it slowly to see if we, we basically do a, a casting on steroids to see if we get a response at that yeah. point. And based on that response, then we decide what to do with the scenario. Is that, does that kind of summarize this? The kind of like what I've seen. One, I think. Yes and no, bro. Because like the one where you said you got an answer and we sat down and did a scenario. It's not necessarily because when you get an answer, sometimes we're engaging with that bull and we're just acting like either a single cow or we're sounding like just a a bull with a cow at that, you know, kind of at that bull. We're calling to bring that bull into us. Now, if that bull doesn't come in or it's staying off or it's on the other side of a fence or – you know, something like that. Then yeah, what we do is instead of us right. doing calls towards it, we create our own. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, then, then we kind of make it sound like it's our own party. So he's like curious and trying to come in to see what's up. But at least, I mean, at that point, we're getting a response and then we're deciding whether to pursue and continue the connection or to create a scenario. Absolutely. But, and then the other, the other scenario is the other time where we set up a scenario is like, we're getting nothing, yep. and and here goes nothing. Let's let's but get you, loud. Let's slowly. But you see, but you see sound, signs. Yeah, a lot of absolutely. signs. Yeah, there has yeah. You might be close to a wallow. You might be in right. a pinch point. Uh, you might smell them. I mean, there there are several reasons for that for sure. Right. I mean, that's how RC and I called it at Bullion in in Colorado. Mm-hmm. We just didn't wait long enough. You know, we just put on a huge. I mean, it sounded like a whole herd of elk being up there, right? And then, you know, 10 minutes later, here he comes walking in. So I'll, I'll give you another example. Um, one of our scenarios that we do is called the be the bull scenario, right? Because we're not having any action. The bulls aren't really talking. They're not doing a whole lot. But I know someplace there is a bull with a hot cow, and these elk don't know that. So if I start acting like a bull with cows – 
moving from the bottom up a ridge and I'm doing my advertising as I'm going, throwing some cow calls out, I know that other elk in that area are going to hear it and start moving and zeroing in on that to where I'm going. So I actually pull them in and act like another bull and do the exact same things another bull does, right? Um, if they sound off on me, then I just work into my position to make sure that I'm getting wind right and stuff like that. And then we go into another little, uh, you know, love straighted bull or a little breeding sequence, still not engaging that bull till he gets close enough and he starts to scream to where an actual bull would tell him to stay away, right? So once he escalates to that point and I scream at him to stay away, you know, then we're going to find out what's happening. Now, yeah. I can't, when I do that though, I can't do it to the level where I'm way bigger than what I'm hearing. Or that bull is gonna, he's gonna stay. Yeah, he's gonna, yeah. he's gonna be obedient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But how I know what scenario to use is according to what the time yeah. of year is, yeah. how those animals are responding, right? And what if they the are, they are. Yeah. And you're exactly right, Luis. If I get, if a bull sounds off in an area and he's up there on the side and he doesn't have cows, man, it's on. I'm doing a scenario. You know, if he's gradually moving around, you know, and I know that, hmm, I don't think that bull at this time, the way he's moving is, I think he's advertising and searching out, I can definitely pull him in. Now, if he keeps moving away from me, he's got cows, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's what happened to me and Manano, uh, last year. Mm -hmm. That bull over the ridge, we kept on just going after it and he kept on moving away with the cows. That's mm -hmm. the bull I believe you killed. Yeah. Yeah. If I get a bull that gives me a lazy bed bugle, depending on what time of the year and what his voice is like, that could either be a bull that's better with a one or two cows or it's by itself. Now I'm just going to do that midday thing where I'm going to move in, get in position, get a setup, just listen for a while, and then just start now creating a little display breeding sequence myself just to get that bull up and walking over to me man so Yo, for somebody for somebody new mm -hmm. is there something close to a one size fits all is there something that would work 80 percent of the time that they can start out with you know not knowing all the details so if you're asking for a silver bullet what i tell you is okay there's something that I'm always going to do is low, frustrated type vocalizations because to me, the most attractive thing to bring a bull in is another bull that sounds like he's got a cow with him and he's frustrated or he's tending. If you know those sounds and it, you know, that's like when we talk about the chab asked about the slow play with the slow pay, slow, slow play type thing. <laughs> I'm not doing any loud bugling, man. I'm right. all low vocalizations. Yep. I'm using pants. I'm using glunks. I'm using raking of the tree. I'm rolling rocks. I might do a little bit of a whine. So that's going to be, let me grab this here a little bit. It's going to be more of a. That type of stuff, man. I'm just going to. I might do that and then 
I want to sound those kind of noises. I might give a little bit of a bugle, but I don't want to do that right now. Now, if a bull starts reacting to that and starts moving into me, then I'm still going to stay engaged with my cows, with my story, with my picture that I'm painting. And then once that bull gets to a point where he starts to try to call my cows away, now he is... offending me and i'm going to let him know and tell him to stay away okay and so when you're asking about something that's going to work 80 percent of the time i will tell you this and here i want everybody listening i want you to hear this in 36 years 36 elk that i killed in 38 years never used a lip ball never used a lip ball I use some emotional sound bugles, never used a lip ball. Um, and most of those elk died because of cow calls and then low vocalizations of bulls. Glunks. Raking. Raking. Few pants. That's what killed those bulls. So I'm giving you what I think works. Beyond 80% of the time. Now, can can I add some things like, you know, can I use some, what is it everybody else calls it? They call them regathering or assembly. Mm -hmm. You know, which to me is almost like a lost cow or a lost calf. I think that's incredibly effective. Um, But I've even done things where if I have a group of elk that are moving up the side of the hill – I've even stayed parallel enough away from them a hundred yards or so and sounded like another big bull with cows moving up a hill. And I've had success with that because I brought cows into me. But if you really want to know what works 80% and above, it's cow calls, calf mews, and low vocalizations. Because another bull does not know what size bull is with that cow, and you're more likely to pull them into you. And especially those younger bulls, they don't even need to know another bull's there. If they hear a cow party going on, they just want to be part of the social gathering, man. You know, I I love the cow party part of it. I've called in more bulls just by using small cow, small cow calls and being insistent with it and sounding like a herd of cows being together. Those bulls got to come in there and see what's up. Well, especially Gil, if we're doing it in that transition period when those young bulls are now starting to gather up cows and look for them. That's right. Yeah. Then all we got to do is sound like available cows, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, it was at times it was easy. You know, we've I've gotten to hunt just not just with a bow, but I've gotten to hunt, you know, muzzleloader and stuff like that. And I mean, if you could just sound like a few cows gathering together, those bulls would dang near run over you to come see what was up, right? And uh, it 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 really just I like I'm like Joe. I'm gonna be a lover before I'm gonna be a fighter. Uh, If a bull. And, and, you know, dealing with satellite bulls versus herd bulls are different, too, in scenarios. So if you stick to the the cow calls and the low whines, the raking of a tree, you're going to get to those bulls that are curious, right? Absolutely. Whether it be a giant bull or be a young bull. Spikes, too, man. If you're hunting in areas where spikes are, are legal, if you just sound like a lost cow, 
a spike will run you over in uh, when you get eyes on him. Huh, well, let, let me ask you a question, yeah. man. You guys are walking down the hallway of a hotel. And as you're walking, everybody's doors open. You hear a man talking as you're going by there. Okay, it's a man talking. You just walk on by. I'm not that interested in engaging with another man. You know, I'm walking by and I hear a woman's voice and do that. Well, I'm still not going to look in there because that woman might be with another dude or something like that. You know, I'm just going to keep on moving like that. Mm, you know, but if you well, you have to, you have to a- stop and check. <laughs> 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 you should maybe stop. So, maybe so. But yeah. if you're walking and you start, oh, oh, lots, yeah, lots oh, of girlies. Yeah. Man, I guarantee you're going to turn your head. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's it's going. It's a head turner, man. For sure. So, uh, so you just got to get that that thinking in there. And here's the other thing: when you're using those cow calls, it can't be. Monotone, yeah. monotone robotic. Got to have some flexion. That's no what emotion. everybody out there is doing. Is sounding like a lone cow out there, and yeah. you don't do that. We're <laughs> we're throwing different directions, different levels, different cows, and. You know, young, old, long, short. We're throwing that talk out there so it's more realistic. I like to move through sounding like a group. If you're just going to be monotonous and the same, you're not going to get... Monotonous? Monotonous. Not monotonous. No, I didn't say that. Monotonous. 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 It's about it's about realism, man. The more you can make it sound like a group, the better it is. Right. Cool. Yo, what's uh, what's your favorite scenario? I'm gonna tell you right away what's mine. My favorite scenario is when when I'm with Joe and Luis and we got the flying V and I disappear of your side and we got bulls coming, screaming, or even cow calling. That's and and we got and I got you know brush and and thick uh, back cover. That's Once we my... have a bull coming into us, and and we're in a partner group and we're you know we're like that. Yeah, all I got to do is just keep the animal coming, right? Yeah. So my job as right. a caller is just to move keep back, moving. keep the ball rolling, keep the yeah. animal coming, right? Yeah. Now if I'm solo, it's a little different. We'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. So let let me go to the next question. Is 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 that he asked, and this was a great question, is what is the most critical part of a scenario? So I'm going to tell you this. There are a lot of people that call elk into themselves that either end up with a, a hung animal hung up. Yeah. Or, or end up with no shot because their setup Sucks. just isn't. They're not putting any consideration into their setup, man. So I think I feel that anytime you put a call in your mouth and you make any kind of noise, you better be thinking right. about. It. You better have an arrow knocked. You better be thinking. Well, if he comes from here, I'm gonna have shot. If he comes from there, you know, you just got to be thinking all the time. What before you actually That's do anything with call? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? Again? <laughs> 
I said that's why they call him the legend. <laughs> Spit wisdom like that, y'all yeah. better redneck and I. <laughs> but look, I can remember so many times in being young in my career. Ooh. I'm walking down a trail and I just Ooh, I still remember stop that, huh? Oh just... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good memory. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're there, bro. You're getting a tough crowd, bro. And tough I can crowd. remember throwing out a call without any consideration. I just like stopped and threw a call out without any consideration. You're standing in the sun and you're throwing it out because you're trying to get a response. And a doggone bull steps out of the trees and looks at you just standing there, you know. Right side. Yeah. You just, I yeah. mean. You're standing there with your heart in your hand, right? Yeah, <laughs> or something else. <laughs> it was a family joke. My family bow. Show. <laughs> you bow in your hand, nothing yeah. else. Yeah. So if you're going to make a sound, man, you better be ready for an elk because that's what you're doing, right? Yeah, most critical part definitely is your setup, babe. If you're not set up so that you and recognize wind, where that stop and scan wind. point is, and that stop and scan point isn't within your shooting range, mm-hmm. then then you ha- you're in trouble. Now, here's yeah. something that I always hear other people say that I've never done. Most people will call from a spot and know where that stop and scan spot is, and they will move up to it. Right? Mm-hmm. I've never done that, uh, and. I, I know it's probably very successful, but all my calls have always gone behind me, yeah. right, mm-hmm. so that my stop and scan spot is within my shooting range, so animals think I'm further back than what I am. Right. Okay. I've always- yeah, they're not as alert when they're walking through that stop and scan spot. They they still think you you know, a ways back behind them. Right. And that's because I'm calling solo, right? Yeah, for, yeah. for real, yep. So most critical it, part is your setup. you got to recognize. Okay? And that setup's broke down, you know, first with our wind and then what what our backdrop looks like. Again, y'all do not want to have a lot of stuff in front of you. If, if um, you're setting up so that you can see an elk coming into you, 80 yards, 90 yards, or 100 yards away. That's a bad setup. That's a horrible setup. It is. It's yeah. great for seeing out. It's horrible for killing. Great with muzzleloader rifle, but not real good with yeah. the bow. Yeah, absolutely. Nope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you can say, man, I saw a big bull, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I would rather kill one, only see one and kill it, yeah, than to see ten that walked away from it. Yeah, I've said this a million times. I could have killed every bull I called in a hundred yards with a rifle, and I mean some giant bulls. But again, I was hunting with a bow, and just my my setup was wrong. You know, I mean, got them doing what we wanted to do, but I just set up in the wrong spot to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody got the next any other question there? Well, what part of the question he asked was if you have covered an area and didn't get a response, would you scratch that area off for the rest of the hunt? And I think a lot of it depends on, on how many days you have and whatnot. But uh, if, you scout, if you scouted, you know, area A, B, C, or D as your plan of attack uh, and they're miles apart, then, you know, you know, leave that area and, and check the other areas out. But elk do roam quite a bit, so that area – that didn't have where you didn't get a response 
you know, two days later, it may be a hot area. So I think, I think there's factors that are involved in that. that I think one of those factors you're talking about too, Chav, is, is, is sign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What kind of sign are you seeing before you scratch that off? You know, if you, if you've walked through there and spent a good while in that area and you haven't seen any fresh sign, might be time to move, but if you're stepping in, you know, uh, fresh, fresh elk, elk droppings and you're smelling them, you're seeing trees blown up, maybe have a couple wallers that have, they've been to and they're dirtied up. I mean, you know, they're worth a check at a different time. Yeah. Yeah. You know just read a couple of days and come out, come back if to I it. If I left every area I hunted because I didn't get a response, I would never <laughs> hunt an area. Yeah. We'd be all <laughs> over. We'd have to go hunt. So, be in China by now. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're in a small area. <laughs> you, you know, if your area is limited. Yeah. Especially if you're hunting early and elk are, most people, they relate no, response no, with a location bugle. And like we've, you've already heard us talk about, there's growls that you might oh, hear. There might be a man. light single chuckle. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You might hear one raking. You might not hear anything at all, but they're coming into you silent. There's all kinds of responses out there. So that's the thing you gotta. There is. Up. And Joe and I hunted a bull a few years back. It, Actually sounded like an orangutan in the woods <laughs> when he would never bugle, but he would sound. <laughs> I'm, and it was, oh, I looked at him and he looked at me. I'm like, that is, what in the world is that? I'm thinking we're in the woods with the, that, um, orangutans, man. <laughs> when, uh, the first, the first time, uh, Tucker and I, you know, the first hunt with Joe, Tucker and I, um, we're hunting with Joe and, and then, and, and Joe's like, did you guys hear that? And I was like, yeah, but that's, that's not a bull. That's, I'm like, that sounded like a monkey, you know? And Joe is like, that's a bull. Get ready. And I'm like, I'm looking at him and say, he pulling my leg. He's like, what the hell? I, I bet, I bet he's just messing with me. And like, when I saw his eyes and like, he was dead serious. I'm like, right. Oh, I guess that's a bull. <laughs> so, I, because it sounded just like a monkey. I had no clue they could do that, man. I've had hunters that I've guided that as we were moving, I would hear a group of cows, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's like, what? Cow elk. And he's like, he's looking around going, you don't hear that? And he's like, those birds? birds. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you have not heard that before, a lot of people sure. don't understand that those are cow elk making that noise, man. It yeah. sounds like the bird chirps out there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The the squeaky forest this would we'll, we'll do the same to you. Yeah, yeah, and some of those oh, yeah. birds, some of those birds will sound like a cow. Yep, too, there's some you know? birds. That yeah, sound there's like some birds. A, yeah, a, a cow or calf out there. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is man, I don't scratch off an area unless I am not seeing sign. Man, if right. I'm going out trail, there's no fresh track. I'm cutting through those areas and those bedding areas. I'm not smelling elk anywhere. I haven't caught any whiffs. I'm not seeing any kind of track on the ground because where we hunted last year. We weren't finding droppings, man, because we were in that transition spot and, but we were finding fresh track. We knew the elk were moving through there, man. Yeah. So they just um, weren't resonant there. Yeah. Right. They, they just weren't, weren't spending time in that. There was a lot of activity. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Human activity too. And I think they know. probably, well, there was enough old sign where they had been there summering. 
you know, I think they summered there and, uh, and probably as, you know, they were coming out of that transition, they were moving out. And then we had the big blowdown scenario that went on that could have helped, you know, move them as well. Uh, but yeah, Joe, I mean, I learned so much last year about, <clears throat> you know, if you're in an area that doesn't have any sign or it's super old sign, that's a huge sign. <laughs> you know, cause when we moved into areas that had a fresh sign, well, that was an even better huge sign, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, cause you found, you found elk, you know, um, it was, it was tough, but man, we learned so much last year, you know, and I think one of the other things that we learned that will go back into this, this question here, Joe, is do the different scenarios require different wait times? And, uh, I will say 100% yes, uh, because certain scenarios you can get right in the middle, middle of it and, and crack right on him. And other ones you want to take your time and let things marinate. And, uh, you know, if you put a scenario on, I would say depending on the scenario, but if you put, let's say you put a, a solo play on, you're working that bull for a, a minimum of 45 minutes, right? And and even if you're doing your own thing where you're having a cow party and sound like a bull, y'all, once you get done, man, you need to spend a good 45 minutes there, even up to an hour, you know, in, in taking that time down so you can let those animals come to you. Because believe it or not, they've heard you from a long way off. And some bulls are just not – Full steam ahead, right? They they're going to get there, but you got to give them time. I, I think I, I think that you'll if you get to the point where you actually set up to do a scenario, you gotta you gotta have a, a minimum of like you said, forty five minutes. Yeah. If you're well, actually be, if you're depends. actually set up, in my opinion. Because if you're just walking and transitioning and you're just kind of, I mean, you're just walking around, but if you decide to do the setup, then you need to give it time. You need to give it time. Well, but, but it depends, Luis. There you go. Remember the last time where we were in, uh, with your bull? We heard, we heard the, uh, the bugle. We literally ran down the hill. So, and then you start, you know, we weren't set up. So yeah. by the by the time you decide to set up, you stay in that moment, and then if the bull eventually came in, but but that's what I'm saying. If once you decide to set up, and in my opinion, that's where you give it time. And so, I would say you're you, you, in what you and Manano are talking about a uh, dynamic setup, setup. right? A, exactly. It, yes. And not right. static. So yeah. when you're in a static mode and you're sitting right. together. I'm referring to the static setup when you decide right. to actually right. sit there and actually, well, you know. I'm referring to a dynamic mode right. where we're making because, a move, Because right. you actually are watching the bull or, yeah. or you're inside the bubble. Right. right. That would take a lot less time to, you're right, Manano, that would take a lot less time to wait, right? And unless, unless your wind was wrong or something like that, right? right. You, you um, gotta move. 
But yeah. let's make sure people understand the difference because we threw something out there that people kind of scratching their head, dynamic setup, static setup. Yeah, yeah. What, what we're saying with that is, is is when you have a bull that responds to you and you're engaging and you're working and he's moving and you're moving up, you might set up because you think he's coming in, but now you hear he's moved off the side, so now you're going to move up and try to cut that space. Now you're going to a new setup spot. That's dynamic. It's always changing. Mm, yeah. And it's changing according to what you're seeing, what you're hearing, and what's the happening. response you're getting from the bull. Right. Yeah, where a static setup is, yeah, I got in that spot. I have fresh scent on the ground oh, and i i've got fresh crap right here i'm just below this bedding area it's 10 o'clock so i'm going to statically set up and start a scenario because i have not engaged with something i'm not sure i think that that animal's in that bedding area it's exactly how i killed my bull last year yeah. right that yeah. was you know i had actually followed to where i got fresh track going into a down into a thick bedding area and i knew that they had to be in there so i dropped down got in position started a static setup and then did a scenario that brought that bull into me mm-hmm. now a static setup like that if you get a bull that starts engaging with you comes in and maybe goes off to the side doesn't actually come into your static scenario there it can now become dynamic, you know, where you pull up, you know, stakes and move on. But, you know, you start out static trying to pull them in. So I just wanted people to understand the difference on that. One yeah, I mean, intended to pull them in with a scenario. The other one is engaging and working a bull, right? Yeah. You're setting up, setting up, setting up. That bull you called in for me in 2020, 2020 we ran down a, a hill to go get to him. Well, to go get to the pile of bulls that were down there and you kind of set up a scenario where you're a bull and in cow calls as well, thinking that he's, you're moving up and this bull heard you and he came up the ridge and we shot him, uh, in that scenario. But that was not something we waited on. We actually right. ran was, down there in the middle of it. It was so really working fast. verbal bulls. Yeah. We were working verbal bulls. Right. And, the the bull that me and RC killed in Colorado, we were actually in a static setup, right? We had sat by this wall and, you know, we were, we put on several scenarios below that scenario, below that. And I believe that bull had been on us the whole morning. We just kept moving. And once we finally got to a good spot where that wall was, we sat in there for, I don't know, it was probably at least 35 35 minutes after we got done with the scenario, and then here he shows up. That was a status. Beautiful. Wild of those. Well, oh, and, beautiful. Absolutely. And, and I, I want to tell people that our listeners, a lot of you people out there already have been doing some scenarios without knowing it because if you've been doing our call casting as you've been moving and sounding like a moving herd, like a herd of cows, that is a scenario. Right. It, it like when I do my be the bull, you could actually be the cows. Right. When you're moving up to bed and then you do something like what Manano and Luis did, you know, your cast calling, cast calling, cast calling, sounding like a group. You know, you're doing your little, you know, chirps, mews and everything sounding like a group as you move. And all of a sudden somebody has to take a dump. Now you stop. <laughs> you're, you know, you've been making those sounds moving up the whole time while elk are actually moving into you, but yeah. you're moving, so they're they're not getting a chance to catch up. You stop to take a dump, and next thing you know, you hear, 
and there's the elf coming yeah. in on you that were following. Unfamiliar to me. They caught up. Yeah. So yeah. you were actually doing a scenario. You were not engaged with anything. And it wasn't a static setup. It was more of a dynamic moving yeah. scenario to bring elk into you because you were yeah. doing what elk do. Yeah. The, if I could get any point across to you guys as you're listening, you don't have to sit on a rock and make a sound. Think about mm. what the elk are doing that time of year. Mimic it. Make it attractive to other elk to come into you, right? And then there's times, and even Manano has told me, Joe, let's just stop and listen for a second because we had been moving all that time, sounding like elk, and he has come to realize through his dump crusades that... <laughs> <laughs> if we just slow down a minute, things will yeah, happen. Things yeah. will happen, right? That, yeah, I, I can't stress enough how much it, how much importance it is to slow down. Yeah, listen to what's wrong. Yeah, listen, man. And look, they they don't, they're big animals and they just sometimes don't make a lot of noise coming through the woods. Right, you do. You got to be vigilant and looking for them. I'm telling you, Tom Roth this year had no no clue that that bull was coming up his six, right? And I'm like, oh man, don't move. There's a bull coming in. Don't move, you know? And, uh, after and he did it twice. The bull came in twice like that, and uh, and he he finally let Tom move. Tom was able to move and get inside of some cover, and that's how we ended up ended up killing that bull. But again, you know, we were in a static situation. We didn't have a whole lot of country to hunt, and we were in a situation where it was really crappy weather. We were just going to cast out some calls and let them marinate. Sound like a few group, a few elk over in this, over in this little corner of, of the property. And before you know it, we got one curious, right? right? And when he bailed off of that hill and stopped, he was looking around like, man, I heard him over here. Where's he at? Yeah. You know, where in the world are they? I, he didn't see what he wanted to see. He decided he's going to peel off again and go away. And I hit him with a little bitty chuckle. Dude, that was it. He locked up and here he come. I said, get ready. You're going to kill him right here. I said, get ready. I said, when I tell you to draw, draw. And, uh, that bull walked in there and I said, draw. And I, you know, just kind of screamed a bugle in the draw and he turned and looked. I mean, one of the most beautiful shots i've ever seen 40 yards on the money jack and uh but we'd have never got that bull killed if if we would have just done nothing let him run out of our life you know uh but you can you can appeal to these elks herd mentality by speaking the language and and making it sound like there are other elk over there they don't necessarily have to see it if they really believe that there are other elk over there my favorite scenario to do is really that tending or love straighted bull. That's yeah. kind of my favorite one to do because I can move through like that. And I know if another bull hears that, they're going to want to come into it, yeah. right? Especially in the right time of year, right? Definitely. If I have bulls with cows that are moving up and other bulls are following them, then I want to sound like that to pull a bull off to come in because – they're, they're just gonna, uh, they're gonna come in either trying to take that cow away from me or they're yeah. gonna come in to measure me up first to see 
you know, if that's a possibility. So that's kind of my favorite one to do. And Mm -hmm. with that, that's going to be a lot of those, just a little bit of a chuckle, the glunks, you know, that, that whining, panting, and just a few little cow calls there. And maybe even every now and then throw just a little, you know, just a nice little, um, you know, a, a, a cow that's being more, um, assertive with that you know mm-hmm. saying here i am come on you know that type of thing people would call it an estrus mew yeah i call it you know it's just that cow being assertive demanding you know yeah. Yeah. hey chav how long do you think it took me to call from the time we set up how long do you think it took us to call that bull in i called him for you well, which bull are you talking about? The big bull. <laughs> the oh, big, that one. The big bull. Up on the big it, didn't take, it didn't really take that all that long. You know, we, we got in his bubble and, uh, you know, he bugled, uh, you know, pretty loud. And uh, we could hear him coming. You know, it, it didn't take very long at all. So he yeah. was being protective. He was being protective. Yeah. But what else happened in that scenario, Chab? What else happened below us? Well, uh, another herd bull was coming up the hill, and they kind of converged almost. The whole two herds collided. Yeah, and we never heard him really. You know, we heard like a distant bugle, and then all of a sudden, there he is. You know, there's two big bulls in the same area. Right in the middle of us. Again, but but we were paid. Once that bull made his his sound that he was turned around, we heard him going away from us all morning. And Jiminy Christmas, we done crawled to the top of that mountain. Well, we thought was the top. And then we really figured out after Chev put it on. <laughs> we, we, we no got around. Top. Yeah. We, we got set. It was a perfect setup too, man. We're right in the middle of these two trails converging. And, um, but we had to, we had the right thing going on. He was spoke the language to us. I bugled back at him and then started cow calling and he was incensed. And when y'all hear that pleading bugle, I mean, it's like, I mean, he and they're moving closer. Y'all better get ready because it is. Ain't got to say a word either. (laughs) No, you you don't have to say anything. (laughs) Yeah, just shut up. He is absolutely. And if the bull doesn't turn to the right, he steps on Chav at ten feet. Man, I mean, (laughs) that's how close he was to Chav. Again, man, I can't tell you guys how much, how much it it. You guys get around elk and listen to them because you will understand what's their trips and their triggers. But when you see them in the wild and, and you get them up close, those are the things that really key you into like Joe's talking about these scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. They, they really, they really want to be around one another. And if you play to that and be patient, they'll come in, man. There's yeah. two things. I'm going to leave everybody with, and before, and we're going to close out, and we're going to save the rest of these for next time, all these questions on um, concerning solo. partner and solo calling. We're going to come on that next time. Um, but there's two things. People ask me why I am so successful, and I believe it comes down to two things, able to create encounters and efficient at closing the deal, right? Yeah. So – with those things, those are the two areas y'all need to work on. And the way you create encounters is by speaking the language and understanding how to engage and when to do scenarios. How you become efficient at closing the deal is understanding setups, understanding 
um, what position to put yourself in, when to draw, how to draw, and being able to put it in the right spot. You know, understanding that animal and shooting in the most in the best spot to put that animal animal down quick and fast. Once you feel that and you have those things and you understand ways to eliminate failure points, all of this is going to get better for you and you're going to start putting animals down. You're going to walk into the woods knowing that that day, every day that you put that hand on the bow, you can put an animal down. And so think about those things as you're listening to us, as you're studying, as you're learning from anybody. Become more efficient at closing the deal and understand how to create your opportunities and you will raise all your percentages up at taking elk and harvesting. Amen. For sure. Guys, I can't wait till next week because then we're going to run into this partner and solo calling stuff. Another huge aspect of understanding uh, scenarios and setups and stuff like that. So can't wait for next week's show. Uh, Guys, thanks so much for all of your questions. These are what drive us to help everybody get better. I mean, we even bring up things that we've forgotten uh, as well. And when we jog back our memories of these scenarios that we've been in and, uh, you know, we we enjoy you guys being in elk camp with us uh, every every other week here. But if you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and review us. You got to go to Apple Podcast or iTunes to review us, and you can check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com. And just a reminder, if any of our listeners would like their questions answered on our show, just send your questions to info at elkbros.com. That's I-N-F-O at elkbros.com. And, guys, get in on the drive. We got one week left, May 9th, midnight. It is the best odds of drawing a tag or winning a prize to come hunt with the mafia and your boy here in South Texas chasing the big trailer. I mean, there's so many things in our giveaway, but man, again, the best odds in the world of drawing a New Mexico tag, way better than putting in in that pool or even in the 10% pool. Come come and hunt with us. Come on. Absolutely. Um, And like we say here in the Lone Star State, husbands, kiss your wives, wives, kiss your husbands, keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry, and we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Yes, sir. And the next show is live. We're picking a winner. Absolutely live. We're going to pick a winner. That's right. And for all our grinders out there, we'd be remiss. Here's some more music from my brother, Tony Wintrip, to close out the show. Let's do a little bullicious. And <laughs> <laughs> walk down a deep draw surrounded by some brush. And every time I'd see the white tips get the Rocky Mountain rush. A constant swing of thermals had him sniffing up the wind. As the blood and sweat and tears of mine came rolling down my chin. I saw a monster with no shots to take. Points on top like a garden rake. Tracks as big as a Clydesdale on the run. And he talked trash to me while he ran away. And I'll be back to ruin his day. When the elk gods come to call on militias. I saw the blue skies open up. And the temple.
temperature starts to drop. So I packed up, ready to make my way up on the mountaintop. With a quiver full of six and three blades sharp and ready. My heart was maxed out and all I had to do was hold her steady. Delicious was a man above a man. When he left the thunder roll, you can hear him all across the land. He was painted with a splash of mud and he weighed more than a grand. Now it's him and nine Timberline and he's down to his in my hand.